All right, Van Platting, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, you Did you play a, a show last night? Uh, I did Wednesday night. I had a show Wednesday. in okay. um, Sanford, yeah. Cool. How was it? It was good. Uh, two of my favorite songwriters kind of from Central and Southern Central Florida we did a round, so I played a lot of fiddle with them and got to hear some of their new songs. And Tuffy's is a really beautiful room. It's got this sort of indoor-outdoor space, and it's just all, like, the staff is really nice, and it's cozy. It was definitely a good time, yeah. It looked awesome. I, I saw the, the picture you. you posted, so it looked really cool. Thank you. Yes. Um, oh, you're welcome. Uh, so listeners may not be familiar with the music. Can you just kind of tell a bit about, you know, you and your music? Well, Van Plating is, uh, it's kind of morphing, you know, moving, changing all the time. Uh, I've been considered sort of in the indie Americana space, sort of that cross section of indie and Americana uh, for the last couple of years since I started releasing solo music. Um, but I'm kind of moving more into where my roots are, which is uh, country and rock and roll is, you know, kind of my natural, if I'm not like trying to craft something, that's just kind of what happens. Uh, and so the new stuff we're calling Orange Blossom Country. And uh, the reason for that is when I tour around all over the country, a lot of times folks would think I was from Texas or they'd think I was from Nashville. And that's, those are huge compliments because that means like, yeah. you know, that I sound like legit, but what they don't know is that there's a long, long history of roots music from Florida. And, um, you know, like some people don't remember, you know, Tom Petty's from here, uh, right. Gainesville, you know, uh, Graham Parsons, yeah. Graham Parsons is from down the road here in Winter Haven. Uh, I didn't know Graham yeah. Parsons from there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, oh, and the amazing. list goes on and on. I mean, like Leonard Skinner, sure. <laughs> you know, yep. the Almonds, uh, Almond Brothers grew up in Jacksonville uh, before they moved. Huh. So, you know, there's like, there's a lot of like country roots. Um, you know, if Tom Petty was coming out with music now, they'd call it Americana or alt country. They, you know, because right. uh, that's how things tend to change. But anyway, you know, so it's definitely always changing, but sort of roots based. I've gotten comparisons to like uh, Nico Case, um, Nikki Lane, those types of those types of artists. So if you're into that or Lily Hyatt, Lily Hyatt's another one that comes Lily out. Lily Hyatt's a lot. great, yeah. Uh, check me out. It's Van Plating, and I am I'm in all the places you can find someone online. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I was just kind of browsing Spotify one time, um, and it came across your music in like a indie Americana playlist somebody had. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Um, Thank you. You're welcome. And um, so you're working on, you know, your new album. Is is that going to mm -hmm. be, I guess, the title "Orange Blossom Country," or is that kind of a tentative title or? That's what I'm calling the genre. Uh, the title okay. is Orange Blossom Child. Orange Child, Blossom okay, Child. Cool. Uh, and there's a title track uh, called Orange Blossom Child on the on the album. 
yeah i'm working on it right now i just sent off the first song uh to the mixing engineer yesterday um That's so awesome. i'm kind of like nearing the halfway point of the creative part of it i'm gonna break for the holidays and then dive back in uh next month with making the next half of it that's awesome and you've been have you been you know engineering it yourself recording mm -hmm. yep. everything right back there that's my desk here we'll go on a tour that's always fun awesome. right yeah okay so you're, we're in the middle of my house there's nothing wrong with that i think that a lot of um i don't know i run into artists that are maybe feel a bit embarrassed that they're working at home i don't see so why <laughs> a, a room is a room right. you know a room is yeah. a room and i have a really nice room so here's my yeah. desk and then so this house was built in the 50s so if i turn around you see this paneled room that we're standing in this used to be the porch so there's right. a window it almost looks like it was engineered to be a studio there's this window right right there it really does and so I yeah. pass when I'm tracking live tracking in this room, this red room is the live tracking room. You okay. hear how different it sounds the minute I walk in here. Yes. So the walls, um, the person who built this would be mortified that I painted it. It's all mahogany. Um, yeah. It's like really, really, really dark, but it's beautiful, beautiful mahogany. And it's really warm. There's my lights. It's my Florida painter that's awesome yeah. but yes yeah, so it's it's open to the house but it's all wood in here got all my gear in here my piano lots of guitars it's kind of dark but i think your viewers can see i was just tracking vocals so i've got my pop filter up um yeah and so this is where i do my parts and then i've done a lot of remote collaboration for this album this is kind of my first time doing so much of something remote like my drummer uh is a friend of mine who's you know i i'm a solo artist so i don't have like a full-time band and i can't afford a full-time right. band right now anyway but a friend of mine his name is john lum he plays drums for devin allman uh and okay. all of his different i feel like devin allman has like five different things uh right but he plays with Devin and he's very, very good. He's incredibly good. And I just sent him a song on a whim and was like, Hey, would you want to play drums on this? Uh, about two months ago. And he was like, yeah, and really enjoyed it and enjoyed working together. And we just kind of FaceTime first and then he tracked the song and it was so much fun. And he was like totally down to do more. So he's playing on the record. Uh, that's so, so that's, cool. Yeah, he's he's amazing. And he found me through Instagram and we started following each other. And at first I didn't think it was real because lots of random people can follow you on Instagram and sometimes it's sure. bots and sometimes it's people, you know, and uh then I was like, What? This is legit. And yeah, anyway. Um, so he's one and then I have like my friend Mia Byrne out in San Francisco. She is a wonderful, wonderful with guitar work. She's playing electrics. Um, her partner, Swan, just sent me some banjo tracks for a song. Uh, Will Harrison, I don't, do you follow Will Payne Harrison? He's in Nashville. Uh, I believe, I think I just started, yes. 
So he he just released an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's great. He's been playing bass on all the songs and then uh, some lead guitar work as well. Uh, Yeah, so just kind of people from all over. You know, John's in St. Louis. uh, Mia and Swan are in California. Will's in Nashville. There's more contributors to come. Uh, I hope I'm not. Oh, Scotty Murray. He's also he's an amazing pedal steel player. He's in Nashville. Uh, he's wow. done steel and dobro for me. Uh, and then there's some special guests coming down the line too that I can't talk about yet, but it's, right. it's pretty cool. It's definitely, I do feel like I'm managing chaos. Uh, but it's, it's so incredible to be able to work with those people that, you know, I wouldn't be able to afford studio time and flying all of those people to me, you know, oh, yeah, so, I can't imagine. So the fact that they're willing you know, to like lean in and work remote and, oh, Nelson, see, I keep remembering people. Nelson <laughs> Williams plays uh, upright bass with Jake Blunt and he's so, so, so good and such fun. A lot of like making records for me is like picking all of my favorite people and then just asking them if they want to hang out and make music. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> uh, and he's another person. He's just super good, super talented. Um but everybody, everybody who's contributed will really surprise me with some rock and roll guitar that I didn't know, I didn't know was in him. Uh, okay. You know, he, he usually <laughs> skews very like honky tonk, uh, mm. you know, country, which I love. But then he pulled out this like Rolling Stones guitar solo on a song and I was like, here for it. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. So to say the least, this album is very, very different from what people have heard from me before. It's still me, you know, um, but I'm definitely like pushing the boundaries a lot more than I ever have and having a lot more fun with it than I ever have. Uh, and that's pretty liberating. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, as far as, you know, when you're writing, mm-hmm. uh, how... Are you are you a songwriter that generally are you starting from lyrics first or are you coming more from like kind of like a chord progression? How does that mm. normally work? I am often I am often a melody first uh, songwriter. So I'll mm-hmm. think of a line like uh, like when I was working on um, the way down, I really leaned into a lot of that melodic writing. I, but I feel like I've always been that way. Uh, to a certain extent, like I'll get a hook in my head. On my first solo album, there's uh, a song that specifically the whole melody came to me first, and then I did the music. And I've done that a lot. Uh, there's a song called Lasso on my first solo album, and it's like, uh, Will you find your way to the castle? Everybody knows, everybody knows. And I like wrote the the whole lyric and then the chorus. And that song I had a co-writer uh, named Bradley Walden. He's wonderful. He's out in California too. And we wrote remote. Um, I sent him just the melody, like a little voice memo of the melody. And he wrote the piano part to it and sent it back to me. And that's how that song came to be. Um, so, you know, a lot of times on Melody First, with The Way Down, that title track uh, of The Way Down, hey, I ain't nothing, but I'm feeling cool. That was improvised um, in the middle of the night. 
we've finished a recording session and we're sitting outside on the porch because we weren't quite ready to be done working even though we were done recording mm-hmm. um and I started improvising over some chords and like wrote the whole song and that one was weird because I was so tired I think I'd been awake for like 22 or 23 hours at that point <laughs> and I didn't think I hit I didn't think I had any lyrics in me I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm going to go back to the Airbnb. I'm going to my Airbnb. I'm going to go to bed. I'll write the lyrics tomorrow. And Brian was like, actually, I think you're singing words. And I was like, what? It's 3 a.m. What are you talking about? He's like, I'm pretty sure you're singing words. And I'm going to listen back. So like the, the key is you're always, you always hit record once you start writing on your phone or whatever you've got. You know. Um, so he's like, let's listen back. And I was singing words the whole song pretty much the whole we didn't change a single word uh it was just improvised um so that happens a lot for me and then sometimes i'll go from a chord progression like i have uh, a couple different ones i'm kind of working working on right now um but usually it's the melody and then like i kind of try to be open to whatever the story is that's, that's trying to be told and then i'll lean in to the lyric um now that's not to say that all those things aren't important because i obsess over all three parts of that uh process you know the core progression the lyric the storytelling needs to be interesting enough that it's memorable without being so like you know heady that it turns people off like you don't want to try too hard uh, right with the words and i feel like singing along to someone's album is important so i try to i try Definitely. to think think about the words being singable too um those are very yeah, long like every songwriting book i've ever read is always like yes the lyrics need to be singable and you know that, i think it's important yeah um do you have like uh is there a specific instrument that you tend to write with more uh, I write on guitar um, most of the time. So, okay. Most of the time. Sometimes I'll, t- I'll take it to the piano, but oftentimes I'm, I'm messing around on the guitar uh, for chord progressions and stuff. That's kind of my go-to. Nice. Um, so you did, uh, you help, or I guess I want to know with Liv, was that, yeah. were you basically like her producer? on that or what was that like i was 100 percent the producer on that producer yes okay yes i was the producer um we co-wrote the several of those songs she had she had um she really eloquently said they were word sketches and i think that's a cool way to put it when you have a melody and you have a lyric um so she had a bunch of word sketches and a couple of the songs that were fully written red hoodie she wrote the chord progression for and i love it um she co-wrote if you wanted to with fran trying to remember if there was one more that she wrote the music to before she came down but most of them we sat down in that red room and i just followed you know tried to make some interesting choices to kind of bring out the colors in what she was doing with her melodies um so definitely some of that uh but then i i produced it yeah that was my first time being the only person with the producer credit by their name on an album and it, it turned was out like, awesome i mean yeah <laughs> thank I've, you I've, 
definitely been telling people to check both that album and the way down out because i'm like you need to follow these people this is really good thank you liv is a delight she's so much fun to work with uh she will try anything um and she's just a really intelligent wordsmith i mean she's just great at storytelling and she's got that kind of smoky fiona apple thing going on but she's kind of a little honky tonk too and i feel like that's really interesting um she's become one of my best friends just in the last year of working through this process and i'm hoping we get to do another one we'll see yeah that's that would be awesome um did you i mean did you feel like you had to like kind of coach her in in her writing at all or was it just kind of like um i i want to be careful with the way i frame anything around that because i feel like as an artist myself i have often uh, in studio experiences not all of them i've had some very positive experiences but oftentimes i've had the experience of feeling like i was unheard or being shaped into someone else's vision of what i needed to be um So for me, I almost try to take the opposite extreme approach to where, yes, I'm coaching her, but I'm trying to coach her to be herself. Right. You know, hold on. That was my WhatsApp. I should have turned it off. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, You know, and so, yes, there's, you know, like on the mistake, she had an extra verse and we decided to keep the song uh, concise, but it wasn't like. I didn't like grab her lyrics and like slash and burn and then hand it back to her kind of thing. Um, You know, I I actually think a producer's job really should be to bring out the best in what's already in a person and to make it really, really joyful and exciting and empowering. And as a female artist, especially, man, I've had the guitar pulled out of my hands so many times in the studio. That's, I, I, can't mm-hmm. even imagine being in that experience that and uh, like on your voice you know being pushed to sound you know more pretty more approachable all of that stuff uh you mm-hmm. know one of the one of the first things she sent me that la- made me laugh so hard was a mistake she drops an f-bomb 16 seconds in yeah it's <laughs> and awesome I, and i was like you can miss it but you're it's there it's there it yeah. is so yeah. there it's right yeah. there and yeah. the context of it within the storyline is like, Wah! and I listened to it and I was laughing so hard. And, and uh, I was, and she's like, Oh, should I change that? I was like, no, you're not changing that. You're doing it that way. Cause that's how you wrote it. And so tracking it was hilarious. Cause she just kept cracking up. It's such an angsty song, but we were in here just dying because she kept having to sing it. And it was just like, <laughs> she's, she's such a chill person. It's just right. not, it's so funny, you know, uh, the contrast there. Um, but she really, ca- she captured a very, very real experience in that song uh, for a lot of us who've been in toxic relationships, whether it's a friendship or romance or we've all been burned, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and so that I saw that as my job, like not letting her cop out of things that were scary, but good. You know, right. and she was down, man. Like anybody, anybody else maybe would have said, you know what, I'm going to chicken out. But she just went for it, just really went for it. And that was my job was to help her want to go for it. And then to create a world around her voice, the way her voice already sounds. 
not yeah, that, that's what to I told her. It. I, I was like, man, your voice is so central on this album, and it, it really, you, know, you did an amazing job. Uh, Thank you. We tracked it first because of that. We tracked yeah. it first. Most of the time, and you know, I don't know if I'll do that again next time, but this time, that was an intentional choice that made our life really hard, tracking right. all the instruments around it. But I really, really wanted to do it that way. I wanted to start from this, the core, and then work out. And, you know, there are things that I learned that I would do differently. Absolutely. But sure. I think that we got it. I think we got her voice. And that's really, I really wanted to do that for her, you know. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we did it. Yeah, it, it's, it turned out awesome. Um, Thank you. Truly. You're welcome. Um, as far as like vocal influences, who would you say are some of your, you know, what made you want to start um, singing, I guess? I don't think it was ever a conscious choice. Uh, my mother right. told me I sang before I even talked, like wow. I would sing. Um, right. And I would lay under her feet when she would play piano and I would try to get in her way and try to play the piano. And my dad uh, played guitar every night. He he was in a rock band, you know, before before they had me and uh, had to sell his amp and all of that stuff. Uh, oh, wow. But he would he would play guitar every night. Uh, the Beatles and John Denver and um, all of those all those kinds of songs. He hated the Rolling Stones, so he's going to be very annoyed with me for all the Rolling Stones sounds on my album. What did, what did he dislike but, about the Stones? Just I don't know. My dad overall... is, he just like, I mean, I'm his kid, so I get, he has right. really strong opinions and it he right. will be the first to tell you that's not, it might not even be based in anything musical. He just doesn't like Mick Jagger. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. Right. You can't always get what you want, Dad. And I'm yeah. riffing on that. Um, so <laughs> where were we? So, you know, I've always I've always sang uh, from, from the time I was little. And then my grandparents on my mother's side, um, my, my grandparents on that side both came from farming families in lower Alabama. Uh, and my granddad and his eight brothers, seven or eight brothers, uh, there were eight brothers. I don't know if they were all surviving at the time when they moved to Florida, but they moved to Florida to pick fruit uh, after the depression. And they had a bluegrass band and they kept doing that until, you know, one by one they passed, they passed away. But um, so I started studying the violin when I was three years old and they would do fish fries on the weekends and play music in the front yard. And they just plopped me right down with my fiddle and tell me to just play. And they were so patient. I mean, there's nothing that sounds worse than a violin that doesn't know what it's doing, you know? Um, yeah. But they were just, they just loved, genuinely loved music. And so I kind of had that from all areas. My mom always loved, she's very much more into like Southern gospel and hymns. And my dad was into rock and roll. And my granddad was the bluegrass thing. Um, and there's really nothing I've ever wanted to do other than music. That's my training. Uh, you Did know, they started... make any recordings of their bluegrass? I have music, some or... cassettes. I have some cool. cassettes of them. Um, they, you know, they were poor. They didn't have, like when they would go, they would go play barn dances in the off season kind of thing when they weren't sharecropping. And they got fed up with sharecropping because they couldn't feed themselves. 
So they moved to Florida, uh, you know, to pick fruit and that was barely better, but they eventually, you know, they, they eventually, uh, all kind of got different, uh, kind of blue collar jobs and had a big garden. Everybody had big gardens because that's, you know, that's how you ate your food. That's how you had money for food because you couldn't buy it at the store. You had to grow it, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, my mom didn't have, they didn't have indoor plumbing at my mom's house until she was like a teenager. It's like a luxury, uh, being able to take a bath inside. Uh, it's my granddad rigged a shower outside for them (laughs) growing up. (laughs) So that's where I come from. Uh, and I love it. I love it. And that's where orange blossom child comes from. Um, but yeah, I, so I grew up surrounded by music. I started studying classical violin when I was three and my parents told me I could quit when I graduated high school and it paid for college. So I didn't quit. Um, did you go to like a music conservatory or music college or anything like that? I did, uh, here in Lakeland, there's a private college called Florida Southern college and they had a music school that was very, very good. Um, and I went there on full academic and music scholarships and did all that. And, um, you know, I kind of thought my whole life was going to be playing violin, uh, even though all I ever really wanted to do was sing. But I think somehow I, for a very long time, I kind of just did what I thought other people wanted me to do, you know? Yeah. And I was, and I was good at violin. So it was kind of easy to hide what I really wanted by doing what I was good at and made everybody else happy kind of thing. Um, Were you still writing songs during that period? Yeah. I just didn't share them really. Um, and when I got to college, I did participate in a couple bands, um, you know, but I I didn't really start fronting my own band until I was in my 20s. I didn't even learn to play guitar until I was in my mid-20s. Um, and that was because I had, after several really bad breakdowns, I finally decided that I didn't want to go to graduate school for violin. And that's like the best decision for me, for me, that was the best possible decision I could have made. Um, And so I, I blacked out on stage at um, Stony Brook in New York. I was supposed to play a Sibelius violin concerto. And I just was, there was so much pressure and it just was never what I loved. Like I'm good at the violin, but it was never like the thing that lit me up, you know? Right. And uh, I can remember standing there. I remember the lights. I remember seeing the, it was amphitheater style seating in the hall. And I remember seeing the the jurors sitting way up there. And I just stood there and I started playing and I completely blacked out. And I stopped and I looked at them and I said, I'm so sorry for wasting your time today, but this isn't for me. And I just walked out and my mom was there and I broke down and I was like, mom, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, well, stop, let's go get some food. (laughs) and and I went home and I got my dad's uh 12 string guitar and I started learning to play guitar let me tell you learning on a 12 string that's tough on a 12 string yeah it's not ideal yeah just keeping it in tune I'm sure yeah that was brutal I actually have the guitar here I'll show you the guitar yeah um it's probably out of tune I'll show you the guitar uh okay there you go this bad boy 
So my dad, my dad also lives below the poverty line growing up and he had to work from, you know, from when he was a little kid to bring money home um, to help his parents. And uh, when he got old enough to collect bottles, he would collect bottles and go buy himself a brownie at the, uh, what did they call it back then? The soda fountain, that was his dinner. Uh, and then eventually, I think he must have been 11 or 12, they would let you work at like the fried chicken place. And so he got a job. This is it. He got a job at the Colonel Dixie. That's beautiful. Being a fry cook. And he saved up his wow. money and bought this. Um, and this was his first guitar. It's from the 60s. Wow. And it's a beast. It weighs a lot. Um yeah, so that was his, and it's still in pretty good shape. And so that was my first guitar. I got that from my dad and learned to play and started sharing my songs. And I had a friend in um, an indie band called Copeland who I showed him some of my songs, and I was like, is this even viable? Like, am I okay was it at this? Aaron Marsh? Yeah, that... it was Aaron Marsh. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Good... I, I don't know him personally, but I'm a big fan of Copeland. So. Oh, they're wonderful. He's a good friend. Yeah. Um, and I remember showing him those songs uh, when they came through town. We were living in Baltimore at the time. and He was like, yeah, come on down to Florida and let's record some. And so that was my, that was when I started fronting a band myself um, and did that for about a decade and then started having kids and um, led worship at a church for a long time and eventually uh, 2018 rolled around and I just really I don't know I I wasn't how do you how how to express this there was just something in me something really important in me that wasn't being that wasn't thriving and it was the songwriter thing um you know, I wasn't performing outside of the church. I wasn't, I had tried writing some worship songs and those totally flopped because they were too depressing. Uh, people didn't like how dark they were. Um, that's fine. That's fair. And I, but I was just so, it was like a part of me was just like slowly dying off. And I have four children. My husband and yeah. I have four kids. Uh, he travels for work. Um, we were homeschooling at the time wow. and I was, and I was just weighed down with this feeling like I needed to be writing music and it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I needed to be writing music, like to make the world a better place or like, this wasn't like some sort of thing I would give to somebody at that point in time. It was just like, if I didn't sit down and try something that was kind of crucial to the way that I made was going to be dead, like for good. Right. Yeah. And so I finally sat down and started writing. Um, and I believe that was 2018, January or March, January, February, early 2018. And, um, man, that year was just a year of upheaval in my life. Uh, the first solo album, that whole process was just marked by, unrest in my marriage, friction at my work, um, just so much, but it was so good for me. I, it broke me out of a lot of patterns that were never what I was supposed to be doing. Um, 
and kind of paved the way for where I am now. Uh, I, I ended up co-writing with Bradley uh, out in Los Angeles, and that was kind of a fluke. I, I had started writing songs, and I had a couple songs in early 2018, and I was like, well, maybe I'll start talking to producers and see if there's somebody who could record these for me. And I started talking to people, and I didn't really like feel like I'd found the fit. So I decided, well, in the meantime, maybe I should work on my voice. And um, a friend of mine, uh, Aaron, actually recommended Bradley because he knew Bradley through Mutual Music People and was like, hey, he's a vocal coach, you know, uh, I think he works with female artists, you should reach out to him. So I did. And we worked on the things I wanted to work on, had a couple of lessons, maybe three or four lessons. And after the lesson, it was all, you know, via Skype. Um, okay. This is pre-Zoom. Nobody knew what Zoom right. was back then. Yeah, yeah uh, Skype was the OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we would have right. a Skype voice lesson. At the end of this lesson, yeah. um, like I said, we'd only had a few. He was like, so, like, you're a professional singer. You're a professional musician. Why are you taking voice lessons? What's going on? Like, what are you doing? Right. And I just told him. I was like, well, I started writing songs again, and I want to make an album, but I don't know who with. So I figured, yeah. why not work on my voice? And then right. he floored me and said, well, could I help you? And I was like, what? Because <laughs> at this point, nobody, uh, I, it, it very much felt like I was alone, you know, in not only in, I didn't even have the desire to do it. I was doing it because I felt compelled by some sort of internal force. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a joyful yeah. thing. It was a really, really hard thing uh, to sort of excavate that skill set and my heart and be vulnerable in front of my, my whole town, you know, I mean, there was a lot going on. Uh, but yeah, Bradley was like, well, can I help you? And I was, and I was like, I guess so. Do you do that? I didn't know anything about him. I didn't, right. I didn't know anything beyond the vocal coach thing. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, and he said, well, great. Send me some, send me your songs. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, like your voice memos. I was like, you want my voice memos from my phone? Oh, he was like, yep, send them over. And I, and I, so I did. And he started uh, sharing my songs with some producer friends of his. And we started writing together every week. And, you know, a year later, I was in Los Angeles recording my first solo album with Courtney Ballard. And it's been a wild ride ever since. Hasn't stopped. That's amazing. That's, I, I never would have thought wow. that I'd be doing this uh, right now. And I'm so glad that I am. It's the best thing. I mean, my husband would tell you, and my kids would tell you too, like no hesitation that mom starting to make music again has totally changed the whole family in a great way. That's really good. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And they're all part of it, you know. It's like I work in the middle of the house and they're all in school now, thank God. Right. Um, <laughs> you know. So it's been good for my marriage. It's just like we had to walk through some really hard stuff to get to where we are now. And, you know, if you'd asked me in 2018 if I'd be producing albums, I would have been like, what? No. But right. here we are, you know? Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, well, we're, we're coming up on, on time here. Um, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do just some quick uh, lightning round questions. Sounds so good. this is just like top of your head. Um, okay. Uh, who would you say your top five favorite music artists are? If you just had to 
kind of Sam. I'm going to hate my answers later. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, you always do. <laughs> That's uh, let's fun. see. Lucinda Williams, oh. Brandy Carlisle, um, Jeff Buckley. Who else? Well, right now, the Rolling Stones, Tom Petty. Yeah. And yeah. I, one more? I got one more? I don't know. I can't pick one more. I mean, that's that's an amazing list. What about, like, shows or movies? Mm, I don't watch much TV, I like, at all. Um, I really enjoy Arrested Development. I know that's super old. That's um, hilarious. Schitt's Creek. Yeah. I like to hilarious. laugh. Well, I feel yeah, like me I, too. I, I cry a lot writing music and performing, so right. I like to I like to laugh when I'm watching television, um, movies, anything Wes Anderson has ever done. I love all of it. Same, huge, yeah. huge fan. Yeah, it's funny. I, I just uh, I interviewed another band um, and asked them the same question. They they dropped Wes Anderson too, so it's, I think that's like a musician thing. Everybody just maybe it is. Well, there's something about the dysfunction of his characters that remind me of my family. There's like a loving dysfunction that's kind of endearing. And yeah, I think that's why. Um, Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is so great getting to talk to you. Um, Where should everybody, you know, follow you? Look, you know, where where should they find you? Well, I have a ton of music videos on YouTube, so find Van Plating on YouTube. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. Those are the two that I'm on the most. I have all the others. I have a Facebook. I have a TikTok. I haven't touched it in months, but yeah. I'm I'm on Twitter and Instagram all the time. So find me there at Van Plating, and then you can stream the music. You can buy the music. I have all of it. So Bandcamp or stream on Spotify, Apple Music. It is there for you. So come find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Van. Um, yeah, it's been great. Um, and uh, I can't wait to hear the, the new album. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye.